You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, Bills Mafia? It is your host, AJ Sabalski, back with another edition of AJ's Analysis. A lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously, the halfway mark. Sorry, I got to put my phone on. Do not disturb real quick. One second. Sorry, back to it. Um, obviously, a lot of things to talk about. Uh, this week, halfway point. It's been you know an eight game stretch now uh, for the Bills. I'm going to kind of go through my midseason grades. I don't know why my light is blinking. Hold on. Um, I'm going to go through my midseason grades. What is going on here? It's a mess. It's a mess. I'm going through my midseason grades. Uh, eight eight games through the year. Kind of just my thoughts on where the team's at. I'm going to look at. I'm going to go five awards. I'm going to go MVP. For one of my awards, I'm going to go through uh, the most disappointing player is one of the awards. I'm going to go through um, the most surprising player, unsung hero, and then kind of the defensive MVP. So about five things to go through and also offensive player of the year um, as well. So there's about five things to go through there with that. And then I'll be recapping the Bills and Bucks game uh, to start here. But first, big signing today for the Bills, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I want to get to that. Obviously, the Bills signed the veteran to the practice squad. Again, he, he's a guy. Uh, he's going to offer depth. He has Super Bowl experience. He, he's been able to do it in his career. I know he's 28 years old now. He's going to be 29 in January. Uh, I don't really make much of the signing. Um, you know, it, it's again, it's a body. It's a guy that you can kind of count on again if Latavius Murray takes an injury or if you're not liking what you see from Latavius Murray, maybe Leonard Fournette gets an opportunity uh, down the stretch to maybe be that guy for uh, the offense. So I am curious to see what Leonard Fournette does bring uh, to this Bills running back room. Again, good pass blocker in years past. I showed a clip of him absolutely destroying Micah Parsons um, on the edge a couple years back when Brady uh, was still a buck. But he's a, he he can prove he's proven that he's a good pass blocker. PFF doesn't like him. Um, but the last time he played was 2022. 189 carries, 668 yards, three touchdowns, uh, averaging three and a half yards per carry. So, again, um, not much production, only three and a half yards per carry. That's a concern. Uh, he's not really getting that many yards per carry. But, again, if, you, if you're if you using him as a red zone option and as a short yardage kind of threat, that's kind of what he brings. He, he, he can, you know, he's made the Super Bowl in his career. He's done that. Um yeah, I agree, Roy. He doesn't move the meter for me as well. Um, he's not a he's not a needle mover. I, I want the Bills to do something else in terms of potential options, but um, it, it, he does no harm for the practice squad. He's uh, again a guy that has had experience in his career, has had success, kind of on the tail end of his career. But again, he's a guy they can t- they can get. He, again, he's made to the Super Bowl. He has that veteran experience. He's able to maybe. Talk to some guys, show some nuance for guys like, hey, this is how you do it. This is what you go to. Um, and maybe that's an option that they can, um, you know, pursue down the road. But we'll see if they do use him down the road. It will be interesting. But, again, it's nice to have him as a practice squad guy 
and, and to see what he can bring. Obviously, the trade deadline coming up Tuesday. I just want to touch on that briefly. Benjamin Albright, uh, a guy that covers the the Denver Broncos over, he, a lot of insider information reported that the Bills have shown interest in Jalen Johnson, the corner. Again, a very affordable contract, a guy that I think would be a huge benefit to the secondary after the loss of Trey White. I would be all in favor of going to get a guy with Jalen Johnson. There's also been some rumblings that the Bills have been linked to Dominican Sue, uh, the 35-year-old uh, one-tech D-tackle, had a lot of experience. Again, wouldn't move the needle for me, but solid depth just in case you lose an Ed Oliver. Um, again, what, what, what we've seen from Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle, is it too um, – I wouldn't be too confident with those guys. So bringing in a Dominican Sue or going to get, you know, trade for someone at the deadline, obviously Harrison Phillips is a name, but again, for me, it's, he doesn't move the needle and he's just another kind of guy. He hasn't been that great. Leonard Williams from the giants traded uh, again to Seattle for a second and fifth round pick. So that's kind of, again, for a premium talent, the, the Giants at the majority of that contract, the Seahawks aren't paying that much. It'll be interesting to see if the Bills are to make a move. Again, there's guys like Kendall Fuller. There's been like the DeAndre Hopkins, Derrick Henry talks. But, again, I think the Bills, I don't think they're going that route. I, I would more focus on the corners. Um, DeAndre Rossini from ESPN did report that the Bills are interested in the cornerback market, so that is something to keep an eye on. Kendall Fuller, again, Jalen Johnson. There, there's a, a bunch of guys that could be on the move. And then, again, wide receivers you look at. I just don't see a fit, and we'll talk about it when I recap this Bills versus Bucks game here in a second. But the Bills, I think, have enough on the outside. Um, I've, I've been back and forth with it, but if the Bills can put it together, I think they have what it takes on the outside to get it done. Um, and then, so the linebacker corner, you, the, the linebacker room has been a liability. You see it each week. Uh, Mac Jones looked like a great quarterback against the Bills and was really good over the middle against us. You saw the missing piece of Milano, so I think. Pursuing a linebacker would be another option. Uh, Josie Jewell has been a name thrown around from Denver. Was able to watch a little bit of him uh, on Sunday. He, he was all right. I, I wasn't too blown away with him. But, again, he's a, he would be another body with experience that I think would be an instant impact player and maybe someone that they could count on moving forward down the stretch just in case Milano doesn't come back, which, again, Sean McDermott's yet to rule that out. Um, so, again, yeah, funny comment here. Another, another name to watch, Levi Wallace. Um, again, he's – Probably going to be the backup now to Joey Porter Jr. I forgot who reported it, but I saw it on my timeline today. Joey Porter Jr., the second-round pick uh, from Penn State, cornerback, is now probably going to be the starter. Levi Wallace will take the depth role. So, again, Levi Wallace is another option, but what does he move the needle? I mean, I feel like he's just another guy. He'd be a depth piece. It's like it's like a Naeem Hines move for me. Um, you know, Naeem Hines brought great depth for the team. He was a, he was a punt returner, kick returner. Um, but, again, Levi Wallace – he was here. He was fine, but it just doesn't move the needle for me. And he's a guy that's been in the Bills system. Um, so maybe it's something they can, can consider. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, you know, I, I'm done talking hypotheticals. I want to talk, again, Bills versus Bucks. Um, I want to get to the snap counts first. That's what I always do. Um, so the Bills on offense, 69 snaps. Uh, the offensive line, McGovern, Dawkins, Torrance, Spencer Brown, Mitch Morris, playing all 69 snaps along with their quarterback, Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs was on the field a lot, 68 snaps, so played every snap but one, as well as Gabe Davis. So, again, 
you see the 11 personnel usage already making an impact with the, uh, you know, inavailability of Dawson Knox and his injury. So, again, they're, they're showing more of an 11 personnel uh, look. Dalton Kincaid, career high, 58 snaps, 84% of the snap share. James Cook, 46 snaps, 67% of the snap share. And then you got guys like this that it's interesting. Khalil Shakir, again, we'll get to him later, but he has, again, just keeps ascending and ascending. The more they've been able to utilize his skill set and his ability as a wide receiver on the outside, uh, the Bills and Khalil Shakir have done a really good job. Ken Dorsey um, and Khalil Shakir have done a really good job of getting him involved. Khalil Shakir has been able to move the sticks. I thought he's done really well. Um, he was on the field for 45 snaps, 65% of the snap share. So, again, a, a career high for Khalil. Latavius Murray, 23 snaps for a 32% snap share. Trent Sherfield, again, not an impact, really, uh, in the passing game. But, again, uh, a season high for him, 22 snaps, uh, 32% of the snap share. An interesting one, uh, David Edwards, seven snaps, 10%. I mean, that's, again, that's him reporting, in, you know, as a – he's in line, most of the time, that's kind of like the 12 personnel, like David Edwards. That's kind of like their tight end because of, of the Knox injury. So, again, they, they showed a look with that. It didn't really do much. But, again, David Edwards kind of finding a role now with the Dawson Knox injury. The biggest surprise for me, wide receiver Deontay Hardy, only six snaps on offense, 9% of the snap share. Uh, just just a quick thought on him real quick. For a guy that they paid $4.5 million for, um, up to like $10, $11 million with incentives, it's it's frustrating because you you thought he would be the the upgrade over McKenzie and he would be like a better route runner and, and better yards after the catch and at times he has shown that I'm not sitting here and saying that Deontay Hardy isn't a good route runner or doesn't have yards after the catch ability but it is frustrating um, seeing that the amount they pay for Deontay Hardy who they expected to take that next leap over Isaiah McKenzie maybe be the slot receiver uh, that the Bills needed and again I get it Clue Shakir has found his way but. Basically, what they're paying right now for Deontay Hardy is for him to be just a, you know, a punt returner. That's kind of his role. And that's fine. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. That's kind of his role. I thought he had his best week last week as a returner. I thought he did a really good job. So it's it's a struggle for me with Deontay Hardy. Six snaps, I would say, is a concern for a guy that you want to utilize more and more and more. I, I again, I haven't really seen that. So it is, it is a concern for me. But, again, um, we'll see moving forward how that kind of shapes out. It makes me chuckle when career high is used as a term on a player in his rookie season. That's a twist, Roy. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, career high, uh, over 85% of the snaps. So, again, heavily involved, 11 personnel usage. Um, definitely something to monitor here. But let's get to this Bills-Bucks game now. I'm um, a lot to talk about. I want to start with Josh Allen's performance. Um, I thought he had a really good day. 31 of 40, 324 yards, three total touchdowns and one interception. Uh, again, I thought he played well. They were using, they were mixing in the RPOs quite often. He was getting it out quick, um, using his legs more, spreading the ball out. Um, a, a quick stat to back up, like he was getting it out quick. He had, you know, 2.3 seconds he was getting the ball out. Um, so that's close. Uh, and he's been close to three seconds for his career. So he got the ball out in 2.3 seconds last week. Um, and, and throughout his career, for the most part, He's held on the ball for around three seconds. So 0.7 seconds, he was getting the ball out quicker against the Buccaneers. It was the best for week eight per uh, ESPN uh, next-gen stats. So he was the guy amongst all quarterbacks that were throwing the ball. He got it out the quickest out of any quarterback across the league in week eight. So that, again, that shows something. That's not Josh Allen usually who he is. But if you're able to do that, it's a good thing. And he was very efficient with that. Um, and and not, with the, not only that, 
his average completed air yards. So when he completed a ball, the on average, the ball traveled 5.4 yards. So it's not like, and that was middle of the pack. So it's not like he's getting the ball out really quick, but it's going for, you know, average air yards of two. He's throwing it, you know, 5.4 yards on the field. I get it isn't a lot, but to get the ball out that quick and to be in the middle of the pack for, you know, average completed air yards at 5.4, I think those two and you know, two hand in hand show what the Bills were able to do on offense, get the ball out quick. Um, yards up to the catch. Not only was he getting the ball out quick, but he was throwing it down the field in an essence, not just right at the line of scrimmage. It wasn't just, you know, a lot of screens and stuff like that. But I liked it. Going up tempo, they started. They showed a lot of 10 personnel as well, a lot of five wide. Um, they were up tempo, no huddle. I really liked what I saw from this Bills offense in the first half. They, they were 17 points. I thought they did a really good job. Uh, and Josh Allen, again, I thought had a good day, smart, efficient. The, the interception, again, it was – Play action, guy got his hand on the ball and a defensive lineman made a play. It was, you know, again, kind of a luck thing. The ball bounced in the right spot and the, and the defensive lineman was able to make the play. Um, so, again, I like it. They used play action over 34% of the time and they were efficient with it. Um, I thought Josh Allen was very good in play action, whether it was under center or in shotgun. They did use it. And, again, I want them to stick with that uh, moving forward. Now, the biggest story, again, I think from the Thursday night game, uh, well, one of the big stories, I, I'll say this. I want to have a conversation right now about Kyrie Elam, um, 2022 first round pick. Um, again, a healthy scratch this week. That's the fifth time in eight games. And not only was it a healthy scratch, but Josh Norman, who they just signed recently, 35 years old, kind of a journeyman at this point in his career, hasn't really played that good of football the last few years, gets the active uh, practice squad call up. I think I don't want to 100% say it, but I know I've said it in prior shows and I've kind of been like, well, you don't give up on Kyrie yet. He's 22 years old and blah, 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 blah about, you know, his development and what he could be for this team. Brandon Bean made the mistake of handing away Wyatt Teller um, again for basically nothing, a late day three pick. And he turned out to be something very, very good. Uh, that's, that, that's the perspective of they should try and keep Kyrie, not get rid of him, and he should be and stay around the team. I I can agree to that point. I get that perspective. But for me personally, I think it's time that the Bills move on from Kyrie. And this is why. First of all, he played in he's played three games this year. He's played, you know, two games. He's actually like been on the field. Um again, he he didn't he he'd been active for three games, but the third game he was again depth for Dane Jackson and Christian Brown where they were both both back healthy. So the only way that Kyrie got in the field was because of injury. Um, so again, that's kind of where he got his reps. Again, he was not good, uh, against the Jaguars. If you don't forget, he was benched for Jamarcus Ingram, a, a former UDFA who, again, the bills like he's been in their system. He's, he's a good player, but a first round pick getting benched in the fourth quarter, um, for Jamarcus Ingram, isn't a good sign. Uh, he, uh, Calvin Ridley, again, he's been a hot and cold player this year. Absolutely torched, uh, uh, Elam in that game. Uh, and then, look, he, again, five healthy scratches in eight games. He was okay against the Giants, but, again, the Giants have really no passing or receiving threat. Uh, the Giants are just a team that's going to run the ball, can try to control the clock. You're going up against Tyrod Taylor in that game. So I feel like you're pretty confident with a lot of defensive backs that you put out there against that team. Uh, and then, again, the, the healthy and active, again, against uh, the uh, box. it's just – it's frustrating because, like, what do you make of it? Like, what – what was the Bills' plan when they drafted uh, Kyrie? Again, they traded up for him. Now, maybe Trent McDuffie, who the, the Chiefs were able to snag the pick before the Bills, 
maybe that was their plan. Maybe and I, I do agree that that could have been the plan. I think Trent McDuffie was a really good player. They really liked him. They met with him pre-draft. He's done really well in Kansas City, one of the best corners right now in the league. Uh, this year I'm talking about. We'll see if that can continue over the course of his career. But it, it stinks because, again, Kyrie Elam, Florida, everyone talks about he was in a man-heavy scheme in college, but it could translate. All the physical tools were there for him, um, you know, fast, can jump, um, you know, very instinctive, can very good impressed man, very physical, you know, all those things that he has. And for it to just not show up now for a year and a half, he's had his moments in his rookie year. I- I'm I'm serious. Like if you can get, if you can move him for like a Jalen Johnson or a Levi Wallace, um, maybe not a Levi Wallace, Jalen Johnson. Sorry, I, I wouldn't, that would be a little weird to trade Kai here for Levi. I, I got to get Levi out of my mind. None of that comment. Sorry. I, I can't be talking about Levi um, anymore, but Jalen Johnson, like if you can move, like teams are interested in Kyrie Elam. He's first round pick. He's 22 years old. He's had success in his career. It's not like he's like, you know, a Dane Jackson where th- there's no real like ceiling potential. Like Dane Jackson is what he is. Kyrie Elam, I think can still ascend and be a good player. And not only do I think that Kyrie you know, has struggled in Buffalo and maybe it's a product of what they're asking him to do or his work ethic outside of football. We, we don't know. I, I, he works hard. He's very, he's, he, you know, he wanted the playbook on the plane, whatever. He, he's worked hard. That, that's not the question. The question is this, do the Bills feel like it's worth it keeping this guy and can he develop? Or is it be like, hey, we drafted this guy. Let's admit we messed up. We made the wrong selection. And not only that, but I like Kyrie Elam as the person. Let's go give him an opportunity somewhere else to prove that he can play in this league. And that's kind of the other part of it. He's 22 years old. I think Kyrie has the ability to prove himself somewhere else. And I don't think it's Buffalo. I really don't. I think that's done and over with. If you're, if you're again, if you're a healthy scratch for Josh Norman um, at this stage in his career, I think there's major concerns of whether it's what he's doing in practice, whatever it is, um, there's major concerns with Kyrie. So, again, give the guy another chance. Let him go. You you can get a, a nice player in return if you if you you know package that with a late day two pick or an early day three pick, you can get some good value from Kyrie still. It's not the end of the world. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Now now the other big story. Let's get to this. Um, back back to kind of following this Bucks Bills game. I want to get back to this. Obviously the Kyrie Lim, unfortunate, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens by tomorrow at four and if they stick with him for the rest of the year. Um. And if you haven't already, please like, share, subscribe. I really appreciate it. 13 of you in here. If you have any questions, um, please drop them in the comments. I'll be sure to get, you know, it's just me today. So I can get to really anything you want me to talk about. Um, Moving forward, Bills versus Bengals, or sorry, no, Bills versus Bucks. The Bills secondary weapons. Um, Phenomenal from from the Bills secondary weapons I thought this week or last week. Khalil Shakir, six catches, 92 yards. Best game of his career by far. Um, electric, efficient after the catch. We'll get to him right after this. Gabe Davis, nine catches, 87 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, nine catches, 70 yards, no touchdowns. And then Dalton Kincaid finally gets his first career NFL touchdown. A huge one at that. Five catches, 65 yards to add to that. The emergence of these secondary weapons. And I, I don't know why it took so long. I don't understand why it, it took this long for them to get there. But, I, you know, they figured it out, it looks like. Um, we'll see if that can consistently happen. But Khalil Shakir, again, let's talk, let's start with him. Fifth round pick. Um, has had his moments. I thought in training camp he was a little inconsistent. And I think that's kind of what 
I don't know if that's what prevented him from being on the field, but again, I think that definitely limited his snap count early in the year. I thought that they didn't truly believe that, you know, he could consistently be a weapon for Josh Allen in this offense. Well, you know what he started to do? He started to block out of his mind, best blocker, uh, blocker on the team, according to PFF uh, and uh, for wide receivers. So he's really good at, at blocking for this team. He's the best blocker on this team. So that's, that shows a willingness to get out of your comfort zone. Again, he, he was kind of came out as a guy that wasn't the best blocker um, struggled last year in that kind of category, but this year he's done a really good job of that. So you know what that does that, or that leads to more snaps and that leads to more opportunity. And you know what he's done with that is put, I think two solid games together where you can say, Hey, like, maybe the Bills don't have to trade for Hunter Redfro. Or maybe DeAndre Hopkins isn't like this pressing need that some fans think he is. Or maybe, you know, going after a Jerry Judy um, is something that they don't even think about anymore, seeing what they've seen from Clear Shakir the last couple of weeks. And again, I think he'll only continue to ascend. Um, I think, the again, the loss of Dawson Knox helps Clear Shakir. Because again, he's getting on the field more, less usage of trial personnel. You're seeing more 11. So I'm really um, happy with how the, um, you know, clear secures looked the last past couple of weeks. And I, I expect that to continue Gabe Davis. I got some interesting numbers about him. Again, this is the first time in my time watching Gabe Davis as a, as a Buffalo Bills receiver um, that he was used kind of in this way. Um, I thought Gabe played great. Um, again, nine catches, 87 yards lined up in the slot 10 times on Thursday, season high, maybe a career high, but the season high for this year. So they're lining him up in the slot 10 times. Again, it's 10 times, but for him, that's, that is something to monitor because it shows that they're willing to put him in other spots, not just on the boundary and out wide. Um, 42 yards after the catch this week or last week against the Bucks, season high. So again, he's getting more yards at the catch this week. He, he's able to show that he has an ability. They threw a couple screen passes to him. He was worked underneath. It wasn't just, Gabe, go make the big play or go make the toe tap for a 25-yard gain and, you know, the crowd, the fans go wild or whatever. It was, let's implement Gabe Davis as early as possible, get him the ball, not force feed it to him, but say, we're going to make this guy a part of the offensive game plan and it's going to work. And guess what? It worked. Um, it, it's something, again, I want to see it more and more. I think Gabe, he's a wide receiver too. He's a top 10 wide receiver too. I will stay on that ground. Um, maybe top 12, you can argue. He's in the top echelon of wide receiver twos in this league. He's asked to do things, again, a lot of clear out routes. If the Bills are able to use him more in this style, in, in this kind of way, Gabe Davis can only you know go up from here. I think he can be a consistent wide receiver two for this team, and I'm really looking forward to see what the Bengals next week can do to, to kind of stop that. And one more thing about uh, Gabe this year, he's only been targeted 20 times in the zero to nine yard range. And of those 20 times, he's caught 17 of those passes. So they're really efficient um, in the in the short passing game with him. 17 of 20, that's over 90%. Uh, I don't have the exact number, but a really, really good job from the secondary unit. Um, again, and then last but not least, Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, kind of a scramble drill. Josh Allen was able to use his legs early. I think the Bucks were kind of caught off guard by that. Forces the linebackers to kind of crash when Josh Allen gets out of the pocket because of his threat to run. Opens up. Don Kincaid for his first NFL touchdown. Also, another scramble drill with Don Kincaid had the great, you know, toe tap uh, when he kind of was going across the field on a drag route, worked up field. Josh Allen kind of pointed to him. 
and Josh Allen fit it right in uh, for a perfect you know, passing catch. Beautiful ball. So Don Kincaid, again, continues to ascend as a player. Um, let me pull up his numbers real quick over the course of the year. So, yeah, let's, let's take a look. He started the year, four, four catches for 26 yards, five catches for 43 yards. Then he kind of got quiet. He went on for a stretch where he only had um, eight catches in uh, 49 yards in a three-game stretch. Then he had the concussion injury. But then he's followed up, I mean, the last few weeks, eight catches, 75 yards against the Patriots, and then five catches for 65 yards and a touchdown against the Bucs. So, again, these secondary weapons. I told, I said it before the beginning of the year. Josh, for the Bills to get over the hump offensively at least and to be a team that is feared in January, and, and obviously they are, but for a team that to not put up 10 points like they did last year, it's going to have to be someone other than Diggs. The Bengals are able to t- take him away from that. I actually looked up the box score from last year. Dawson Knox is the leading receiver in that game, five catches for 60 yards against the Bengals, and no one else did anything. So this is the key for this Bills offense. It's getting everybody involved. Dylan Kincaid, James Cook. Uh, you know, you can throw in, uh, obviously, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. Sorry, I'm going to – I'm going to – I got a cough real quick. Trent Sherfield, um and those guys you can, you know, kind of implement. But, again, Dalton Kincaid, Kluge, Shakir, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, James Cook. That's the five for me. Those are the five guys that can get you to be an elite offense. I mean, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, I really like what the Bills, again, have done offensively uh, in the first half, and, and we'll see if they can finish. In the second half, they had their moments. Um, but, again, they couldn't finish the game. Und- you know, kind of concerned, but, again, focus on the positive here. They show – they were able to show – people and themselves things that they have not been able to show this year. And that's getting everybody involved and being efficient. Moving on defense. I'm going to start with all pro Poe. I thought again, struggled early. I put out a tweet, struggled early. His last two games, man, he has been a beast. Um, Again, uh, hit his best day uh, of the year, 89.4 PFF grade best on the team, two pass breakups, um, which also could have been picks. He could have had a couple interceptions in this game. The big story from this game with Jordan Poyer, 25 snaps as a linebacker in the Matt Milano role. You go out, you try Dorian Williams, doesn't work. Terrell Dotson, again, he can, he's really good at firing and run gaps and stopping the run. Struggles in coverage, you know, especially in the flat, a guy one-on-one with Terrell Dotson, usually the running back wins. Um, That's just kind of the player he is. So what do you do? You sign Taylor Rapp in the offseason. You put him in, in Jordan Poyer's spot. Again, Taylor Rapp is more comfortable being in the box anyway, so closer to the line of scrimmage, like Jordan Poyer's role as a safety. And you put Jordan Poyer and say, hey, dude, you're one of the best you know, players on this team, if not the best, when asked to tackle and come into the line of scrimmage and blitz and stop the run and, and make big plays. We're going to put you there for 25 snaps and see how it goes. It went great. Um, he was flying all over the field. Again, had his best game as, as a player. And I think this is something the Bills – Sean McDermott was asked about in the press conference. He didn't really speak much on it, but I think this is something the Bills will continue to utilize, and that's why you go and sign a Taylor Rapp because the Bills, let's 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 be honest here, they've struggled defensively ever since the loss of Matt Milano to Quan Jones, and Matt Milano is so valuable over the middle of the field. If Jordan Poyer can consistently be that guy, and not consistently, but you can go in a dime look like the Bills did on Thursday and give the defense a little wow. Like, you know, the Bengals, they, they watched the tape, they're looking like, oh my gosh, like the Bills were able to utilize Jordan Poyer in that role. 
I think that's something the Bengals are going to notice. The NFL is going to notice. And the Bills have to continue to establish that because uh, it's going to be something, you know, it's going to be something to be seen throughout the rest of the year. Because, again, I think Poyer in this role can be pretty uh, magnificent. Um, so moving to gone, Terrell Dotson, I thought he played fine again. Doesn't have the ceiling that Dorian Williams does, but Dorian Williams was just picked apart and picked on against the Patriots. You, you know, very um, reactive to play action, was lost at times on the field, in the middle of the field. And that's why you saw Mac Jones kind of have his success against the Bills uh, defense uh, that allowed 29 points. But again, like Terrell Dotson, he is what he is. I don't love the player. Um, I, I think he's a fine player. He, he's what you have. He has, a you know, a, a higher ceiling or a lower ceiling than Dorian Williams, but a, a higher floor. So it's kind of, you, you got to trust what the defense is being asked to do. You trust Terrell Dotson. And I think a mixture of Dotson and uh, Poyer moving forward at that position will be something they do. John, thank you. I hope you up sharing like, uh, yeah, I agree. John Poyer playing in that dime was really nice. 100%. Um, I thought that was a really good look and something that the bills should continue to establish moving on. Um, Defensive line and kind of sack numbers. Epinesa, Tron Johnson, Ed Oliver each had a sack. Um, Baker had 2.74 seconds to throw. So I think, again, the defensive line did an okay job. Von Miller, he's – I'll say this. He's improved from his first game in Jacksonville. Like the jump from Jacksonville to now is way better. Like he's using more speed to power. He's not just using his speed on the edge. He's doing more things as a defensive end. He's yet to make really an impact play in terms of a sack or a a batted ball. Any kind of impact, uh, his effectiveness isn't that great. But again, he's coming off an ACL. He's in his mid-30s, and it's going to take time. Uh, I'm waiting for him to be like he's almost there, and like maybe he can kind of break out and be an elite uh, edge defender for them. But I'm just not there yet with him. It's going to take a few weeks more. Uh, I thought Ed Oliver, again, continues to impress. Uh, We'll get to him later when I hand out some awards. But – Ed Oliver, again, has just lived up to the contract in every way. Um, and then AJ Panessa continues his career year. I mean, what can you say? Again, like I put out a tweet earlier, Spencer Brown and AJ Panessa are making the Brandon Bean isn't really that good at drafting a day two crowd. Uh, not that happy because good luck. Spencer Brown has really developed uh, this year. Again, very good numbers in terms of his production throughout his career compared to previous. And then um, the other one. Um, who, who, who was I, who was I talking about? Lost my train of thought, thought Epinesa, Epinesa again, another guy that just, you know, he's taken a while to develop. I get that, but he's showing something in a, in a contract year that he's able to be a, a good rotational defensive end in this league. All right. That's it for bills and bucks. Again, big win for the bills, 24, 18. I thought the bills played well. They found a way to win. They were able to stop the Hail Mary at the end. Offense needs to be better in the second half. Defense, I thought, played a really good game in terms of preventing points and being smart situationally. Moving on, let's do some midseason grades and awards. I'm going to start with the awards first. I got a lot of da- a lot of data to dive through with this, um, so make sure you're listening because I'm I'm supporting what I'm what I'm saying here, and I want to give you some midseason again. It, it's also for you guys. I want to be able to update you with kind of what's going on. In totality, like we can break down each game, you know, it's a week to weekly, like we always say. So it's good to look at things in the grand scheme of things over an eight game stretch and kind of what this team's been. So I'm going to ask, the, I'm going to ask the chat first, and I'm not going to start until someone gets it right. So you guys got to cooperate with me here. I have, I picked my MVP candidate through eight weeks. The first person to comment, I will share the comment on the screen and I will begin as to why this player is the MVP. So we'll wait until someone 
puts who is the MVP of the Buffalo Bills through eight weeks in the chat, and we will continue this conversation. I will go quiet. And my lights, I'm, I'm sorry about this lighting. I can't, I don't think I can wear this shirt again. I don't know if you're seeing it on my end, but the shirt is like not, I, I mean, I, I can't change. I can't change. Oh, there it is. There it is. I can't change shirts middle show. Uh, Josh Allen, my dad got it right. Um, that, that That's the, uh, that's the one. Now let's, now let me explain why Diggs we'll get to Richard. Uh, that, that's a really good guess. He was right at the top of the list as well, but you got to go with the quarterback, Josh Allen. Let's go through some numbers and what he's been able to do this year. All right, Josh Allen, 71.7% completion percentage, leads the NFL, 22 total touchdowns, leads the NFL, eight interceptions, which, again, you want him to work on that, the turnovers. But, again, he wins more games than he loses, and he's able to overcome those turnovers because of his explosiveness and his ability to play the quarterback position. Um, and a 101.5 rating. So those you know baseline numbers, really good. Probably the best statistical numbers for a quarterback in the league, I could argue. Uh, you know, better than Mahomes, better than Hurts. Tua's up there, uh, but again, he's they're pretty close neck and neck. And, and Tua's asked to do different things than Josh Allen, so it's hard to compare. Um, third highest graded quarterback per PFF at 90, 14 big time throws, 8.7 yards, um, average depth of target. So again, shortest in his career, but he's pushing. You know, he's he's doing it. He, he's very efficient with it, so it's it's a good thing. Um, and again, a 79.5% adjusted completion percentage. That's really good. So what adjusted adjusted completion percentage is, it, is it factors in like drops, batted balls, turnovers, um, you know, a bunch of things like that. Uh, it's able to kind of look at, basically it's not on the quarterback all the time. So he's completing 79.5% of his passes um, in terms of those adjusted completion percentage numbers. Um, summer sports, really good for analytics. If you believe in EPA, expect, expected points added. 0.27 EPA per play, which is second in the NFL among quarterbacks. Um, his passing EPA is 65.8, second behind Tua. And then this, rushing EPA, 24.9, which is first in the NFL. Um, and, and that's interesting to me because Josh Allen really hasn't ran the ball that much this year, but he has five touchdowns. He When he runs, he does it efficiently. He's sliding, um, and he's not taking those unnecessary hits. Going into the you know this this final half stretch of the year, if you look at it from a you know half kind of eight eight nine game perspective here, he's got the freshest legs he's had um, eight eight weeks of the year of his of his entire career. Like the dude is the freshest he's been in his entire career going down the stretch. I think that's going to be important. I keep hammering it. I want those QB designed runs. I want them to implement Josh Allen in the running game because he is able to bring something to this offense that not many offenses offenses can stop. And he's very efficient at it. He's a touchdown scorer um, again, and he can, he finds the end zone. He has a nose for the end zone when he's in the red zone, trust him with his legs at all times, because the dude is a different animal, uh, you know, scramble percentage this year, 6.7%, which is in the middle of the pack. Again, not scrambling as much this year. Um, he's being smarter with the football, getting the ball out quick. A couple other things thrown for 300 plus yards, three times this year, um, and then completed over 70% of his passes in five of eight games. Um, and then if you just want to compare real quick, Patrick Mahomes, he has twenty or 15 total touchdowns to Josh Allen's 22. They both have the same amount of inter interceptions. And then Patrick Mahomes is completing 68.6% of his passes to Josh Allen's 71.7%. So, again, statistically on the basis of it, again, I'd take Mahomes any day. 
but Josh Allen's right there with the, one of the best quarterbacks in football. So the, the, he's doing a really good job. Um, you know, and, and let's wrap this up with Josh. I'll say this. He's had his games this year, right? Like he's had his moments, like, like the Jets game, where it, it just can't happen as a franchise quarterback. You can't have those games. Um, and, and again, though, the Jets have given every team they've played kind of a lot of frustration. They, they beat the Eagles. They, they forced three picks of Hurts. They played the, you know, the, the, the Chiefs and forced two interceptions of Mahomes. Should have been three, but the rest got away with a lucky call. Um, the last few weeks, you know, they've had their moments in each half. Like, I feel like each game for one half, they've been really good. And then the other half, they kind of disappear. Um, but again, he, he's playing different football this year. He Statistically, he's having the most efficient and best year of his career. Um, and it, it's something really special from Josh. So again, with all those numbers and all the analytics that I just handed to you, that is the MVP of the Buffalo Bills through eight weeks. Next, and I'll give you time to guess. I'm going offensive player of the year. You guys, if you guys don't get this one, I mean, you guys. <laughs> but who is the Bills offensive player of the year um, through eight weeks? This is not quarterback, so this is skill positions. Um, who's the who's the who's the best player on offense, guys? I'll, I'll you you probably will answer this really quick, but I'll let you uh, put it in the chat. It starts with an S. He has a brother that plays in the NFL. There it is. Richard Rush. Diggs, you said it earlier. Um, you predicted it right. Um, again, Richard, if you if you think he's the MVP of this team, you have every right to feel that way because he's very special. Um, Stephon Diggs, offensive player of the year so far through eight weeks. 64 catches, 748 yards, six touchdowns. Best game against division rival Miami um, one over hundred yards in five of eight games, three touchdowns against the dolphins, 14th graded wide receiver per PFF with an 82.1 offensive grade. Again, they're showing versatility with him this year. He's been aligned in the slot 38.4% of the time. He's been aligned out wide 59.7% of the time, um, 204 yards after the catch. Uh, so that average out to be 3.2 yards after the catch per reception. So he's averaging about three yards after the catch per reception um, and 11.5 yards average Depth of target. So when Diggs is targeted, it's around you know eleven to ten to eleven, uh, you know eleven to ten yards. Nate Styles in the chat. I agree. He is the best player on the Bills, one hundred percent. He's been nothing but special this year. Uh, I'm going through awards. Nate, he just uh, won Offensive Player of the Year so far through you know the halfway point. Two drops this year for Diggs. Three and a half percent drop rate. So again, he's not a guy that really drops the ball. He's only credited with two drops, which again is. Not concerning to me. He's got very sure hands. It's not something I just kind of threw that in there to show that he has dropped, you know, a couple of drops this year. One thing for me that that kind of stood out, and this is important um, for, for this Bills offense and what Stephon Diggs has been able to do. 37 first downs this year for Stephon Diggs. That's only trailing Tyreek Hill. So when he gets the ball in his hands, he's he's gotten the ball, he's gotten 37 first downs this year. He is a chain mover, um, and again, you, you know, he has a high volume of targets, and he's got a huge target share, and he's getting a lot of receptions. But to get 37 first downs and to be just behind Tyreek Hill, again, who's been the most dynamic player in football this year, he'll win Offensive Player of the Year, no doubt, already a 1,000 yards. Stephon Diggs is right up there with him in terms of moving the, ch the chains, and that's what the Bills' offense wants to do this year. They want to hit those slow drives. They want to move the chains, and that's exactly what Stephon Diggs has been able to do for them. Um, all in all, man, he's on pace to have a career year. And he's the best player. You know, Captain Obvious, without him, what what is this Bills' offense? They're not nearly uh, as good, uh, dynamic, 
all the, all the above in terms of what kind of crazy word usage you want to you want to use for this player. But Stefan Diggs, special, continues to be great at age thirty. Without him, they're again not not the greatest. Most disappointing player for the Buffalo Bills this year. Halfway point. Who do you think it is? Drop in the comment. The first person to say it, I will share on the screen. The most disappointing player for the Buffalo Bills, offense or defense. This is the whole team. This is all 53. Um, the most disappointing player on the Bills roster through eight weeks. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Thanks for the, thanks for the uh, compliment. Uh, go Bills. Ooh. I See, all right, Dad. I, I see the Dawson Knox. I, I almost went there, but again, I think he's been dealing with that wrist injury. Richard, two for two. You're hot. Uh, Kair Elam, most disappointing player, went over it earlier. Um, 2022 first round pick. He was kind of amongst fans, like going to win the CB2 position without any controversy this offseason. He was the guy he, they were going to roll in. It was going to be Elam, Trey White, uh, Micah Hyde, Jordan Player, and Tron Johnson in the secondary. That's not the case. He has been very, very disappointing this year. Um, again, he, you know, a 107.4 rating when targeted in two games combined. Healthy scratch in five of eight games. Allowed 10 receptions for 135 yards in two games. Bench for Jamarcus Ingram late in London, which I said. Um, and, and something that stood out to me, and I, I didn't talk about it earlier, but I want to talk about it now further in the kind of Kair Elam conversation is this. Kair Elam, or Sean McDermott, sorry, was asked about Kair Elam in the, in the post-game presser. Obviously, like, what was the decision? I forgot who asked the question, but someone in the Bills media uh, asked, McDermott, like, why did you choose to do what you did with the Norman elevation from the practice squad and bunching Kair, making him a healthy and active? And he said, what we, when we make decisions uh, as a football team, this is McDermott, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He said that when we make decisions as a football team, we do what we think is best in terms of, you know, the team and how, what they're doing to win. Like, when we make decisions, it's what puts the best, the team in the best position to win. And for me, to, and I sat there and processed that. And I'm like, so you thought a guy you signed three weeks ago in his mid-30s who hasn't played really much football the last couple of years put you in a better position to win over a 2022 first-round pick that you traded up for just a year ago. Um, so, again, that really tells me that, that that in a nutshell is why I chose Kyrie Elam as the most disappointing player. Um, again, it's just unfathomable that this has kind of happened to him. It sucks. Again, I think he has an opportunity to be great in this league, just not with the Bills. I think it's time to move on. Most disappointing player goes to Kair Elam. Um, hopefully, again, he can they keep him and if he figures it out or he gets traded and moved and he can figure it out somewhere else. All right. This is going to be the toughest one, guys, for, for all of you who are listening uh, in the comments. I appreciate all the interaction. Thank you for going along with this and allowing me to keep the show moving because if no one said anything, I would still be sitting here in silence. So I appreciate it. Um, unsung hero of the Bills. Who is it? I'll let you guys. Uh, th there, there is a few here. Like you, you could go a few routes. Um, I, I have a few names in mind that I think you guys will go with. Um, but, but the unsung hero of the Buffalo Bills through the first half of the season. Curious what you guys think. Yeah, AJ with the uh, yeah the stash is uh. It's strong. It's strong, Matt. My stash is uh, – I, I just, I just kind of rocked it. Dad, good guess. That was my second one. Think harder. But, yeah, Matt, the punter. I like that, Matt. We'll, we'll get to that later. 
Uh, but yeah, Sam Martin's done a really, really good job this year. Uh, I got some numbers to back that up. James Cook. No, no, you still haven't got it. Keep guessing. James Cook again, though. Good guess. Eighth in rushing yards this year. He's done a really good job. He's he's a guy that keeps ascending, and I think he'll be again the lead back for the next few years here. If they if the whether they could they, you know they if they resign him, whatever, but keep thinking. I'll give you a hint. He's on offense. He's on the offensive side of the ball. He is on the offensive side of the ball. But these are all good guesses. Um, I like the punter one, Matt. McGovern, close. You're getting closer. You're getting hotter, Richard. Think about a guy that was really, like, talked about in the preseason or in the offseason. That was like Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> yeah, Matt, it's Spencer Brown. I, I slipped on that. Uh, Spencer Brown. Unsung hero for the Bills, 150%. A guy, again, a lot of people. And, and when I say a lot, I mean like, I don't know the whole fan base, but over 50%, I would say the fan base had worries about him, gave up on him, didn't think he was good enough. Only played seven on seven. Very raw prospect. Um, you know, Spencer Brown for me, and no one talks about him anymore. Like he has went from the most talked about, the most kind of polarizing player all training camp, all preseason, all offseason, to my play is going to shut all of you up. I am healthy, 100% healthy, and he is the unsung hero of this team right now. Um, that's 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 what it is for me. Um, one sack allowed, three hits allowed, 12 hurries, 16 pressures, uh, 69 pass blocking grade, which, again, it's an improvement. Um, did a really good job against Max Crosby. So, um, you know, Spencer Brown – you look at what he's done for this team. He 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 really did well against uh, Max Crosby. He was able to shut down. Um, hold on, I'm trying to pull this up real quick to compare. He was trying. He, he did really good at shut down uh, shutting down Max Crosby. And again, if you look at the last last year in 2022, Spencer Brown allowed four sacks, 11 hits, 35 hurries, and 50 pressures. Let me read that again. Four sacks, 11 hits. 35 hurries and 50 pressures right now through through the halfway point. So he's, this is what, this is what he has through half, halfway through the season, one sack, three hits, 12 hurries, 16 pressures on pace for two sacks, six hits, 24 hurries and 32 pressures allowed. So again, all those numbers are down from last year. Um, so again, really impressed with Spencer, what he's been able to do. He's healthy. He's back to kind of, you know, being, I think he has a confidence right now. The, the offensive line has been relatively healthy all year. So, again, with Spencer Brown, what he's been able to do, that's why he is my unsung hero um, of the season. Now, defensive MVP. Who is the defensive MVP for the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, I can't go with Matt Milano or Daquan Jones. They are hurt. So, uh, I kind of went with – I don't want to give it away because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it away again, but – Comment it. If you get it right, I'll put it in the uh, main thing here, and we'll, we'll we'll discuss it a little bit. And then we'll, we'll move to uh, offensive grades, defensive – or offensive report card, defensive report card, and special teams report card. Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. There's two. Good job, guys. Ed Oliver is the defensive MVP for this team. Um, you know, the thing that comes to mind for me is what what were the Bills like, you know, without him in New England? I, I thought the the – Patriots were really able to run the ball and control the clock in that game. At Oliver, not only was Con Jones out, at Oliver was out with a toe injury. So, at Oliver for me, you know, defensive MVP so far, six sacks already this year. It ties his career high. 
five hits, 11 hurries. Um, so again, um, the, the question all offseason when the, the Bills signed him for, to a four year, $68 million contract, um, is he worth it? Hold on. Was he worth the contract? And so far, you know, he's been everything the Bills have kind of asked him for, you know, asked him to be in more. He's been elite. Um, he, he's well worth the contract. And I just, you know, shout out to Ed Oliver. Again, the defensive MVP through eight weeks for me. And, and that's kind of where I stand. Again, MVP was Josh Allen uh, running it back. MVP, Josh Allen, offensive player of the year so far, Stephon Diggs. Most disappointing player, Kair Elam. Unsung hero, Spencer Brown. And the defensive MVP, Ed Oliver. Now, let's go to the report card, and then I have just a quick thoughts on Bill's Bengals. You guys are not going to like me, um, but I got my thoughts on Bill's Bengals uh, on Sunday night. Bill's offensive report card. So this is the, this is the scoring system I used. A is elite, B is above average, C is average, and D is below average. So there's four kind of letter grades for uh, the report card. So if you're listening to audio, again, following along here, A is elite, B is above average, C is average, and D is below average. The Bills' offensive report card, this is what I think they've done so far this year. I have it as a B, above average. And maybe you guys will freak out, but that, that's what the numbers say. They have they are an above average offense so far through eight games. Um, 376.9 yards per game, that's fifth in the NFL. 27.8 points per game, fourth in the NFL. Uh, 0.15 EPA per play, which is second in the NFL per summer sports. Again, summer sports does a really good job. If you want to get into the advanced analytics kind of aspect of football, they do a really good job of, um, you know, giving it all to you. They have a 51.4% success rate, which is first in the NFL. Again, very, very good uh, to be first in success rate. That, that shows that you're, again, successful. Um, that's kind of, you know, just look at it that way in the most simplistic way on um, the bills are uh, successful in terms of, their offense this year. They, they've been successful. They're the most successful team in football. Um, they have the fifth healthiest, healthiest offensive line in the league. So, again, that's like just looking at when all five guys have played each snap. They've been together fifth most snaps in, fo in football, so that's really good. And, again, fifth best offensive line in the league per PFF. So, again, across a lot of met metrics, the, the offensive line, if you look at it, I know Computer Cowboy, uh, a huge advanced analytics person on Twitter, they, they were the number one pass blocking uh, offensive line as of last week. So, again, the, the offensive line's done good. And you look at, again, um, Josh Allen leading the league in completion percentage. You're seeing efficiency. Uh, they're 14th in the league in rushing yards per game, fourth in passing yards per game. Uh, again, James Cook, eighth in the league in rushing yards. But, again, I'll, I'll finish it with this. They need to be better on offense. You need a more consistent output. You need those secondary weapons that I talked up, you know, just, you know, about half an hour ago to be consistently uh, there for Josh and be that kind of – build that trust as the year goes on. You, you, you need more from them. You really do, and, and that's the truth, especially with the injury suffered on defense. But they have shown some signs of being an offense that can win games despite the defensive performance they've shown in the past. I still think they can get there. It's just a matter of putting it together again for a full you know, season. And, and hopefully the Bills can do that. Hopefully they can put it together for full games and they can get back on track here. But again, I'll give the offense an above average grade. Again, the, the, the statistics don't lie. They're, they're very good statistically this year across the board. They're, they're one of the most efficient and you know high scoring offenses in this league. But again, I'll end it with they need to be better. Defense. Remember, A, elite, B, above average, C, below average, and D um, is just bad. I give them a B as well. 
Um, and this is this is kind of the opposite story for me. You, I'm kind of factoring in again. It's been eight games, so I got to look at it through the full full eight games first of all, and second of all, Matt Milano and Dequan Jones. I, you you kind of expect a step back uh, when you lose your two most important players on defense. They're, they're, they're all right. So they're 14th in yards per game allowed. So that's not that good in terms of like what Sean McDermott's defenses do. They're, they allow 326.1 yards per game. Uh, they allow ten, their 10th in passing yards per game allowed at 204.1 and 22nd in rushing yards per game allowed at 122 yards per game allowed um, in terms of rushing yards. So again, they are a below average team in terms of running defense right now. But again, at Oliver, Daquan Jones, that, that hurts. Um, they haven't been as good. Um, looking at takeaways. So this is interesting. They've had 11 takeaways in the first four games of the year. So they had 11 takeaways first four weeks. The last four games, only three. So half and half, they had 11 takeaways in the first four games. Last four games, only three. Fit for, uh, you know, 14 total uh, takeaways this year. So, again, they were they were really turning the ball over the beginning of the year. Now they've kind of struggled at getting the ball back to that offense, which is why, again, the offense has not had as many drives the last few games because the defense has been able to knock it off the field on third down as well as not throwing the ball over. Um, again, and now this is weird. So I say all those, like, weird numbers. And I'm telling you this, but you know what? They're third in points a lot per game at 17, top of the league. So the third best team in the league. Um, I, again, they, they're allowing only 17 points per game. That wins you football games when you have an offense that is this dynamic and special. Uh, and then, again, just kind of mentioning a few guys, Leonard Floyd, career year uh, with the Bills so far on pace to have a career year. Really, really good player, really good addition for them. Edge Epinesa, again, a career year. Greg Rousseau, ever since that foot injury, he's been a little eh. But, again, I think as – the season goes on, he'll continue to trend up and be a really, really good player for this defense. Um, Trell Bernard, again, a very a, a good candidate for the unsung hero or the defensive MVP. You know, he, he's been really good, made splash plays, really good in coverage, um, very good filling the run, done a really good job. And then obviously the secondary, Christian Benford, I mean, what a sixth-round draft pick. Then that's, you know, the Kyrie Elam kind of like 2022 first-round pick, but they drafted Kyrie and they drafted Benford. At least they got Benford um, and were able to – kind of make their way with him and, and figure it out. So I thought Christian Benford's had a really good start to the year. Poyer Hyde have still been really good. I know Poyer started off slow, but the last few weeks, again, those two, that safety duo is a very good uh, defense or uh, safety duo is very good. Uh, they keep everything in front of them. And that's what you're asking of them. Bernard is a bust. Yeah, Nolan, um, you're, you're totally wrong there, but uh, we'll continue. Um, special teams. I gave him a B. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with special teams. Sam Martin, I thought, had a really good game last week. Um, I thought he was phenomenal. Um, he, he was really, really good. Uh, you know, I, I didn't give him an A. I, I wanted to give them an A. But, again, Bert, or Tyler Bass has missed a few kicks, 78.6% uh, make percentage, which is about in the 20s across the league. So, Tyler Bass has kind of struggled. Uh, he's below average. But he has made all of his extra points. Um, they average 11.1 yards per return. Um, you know, that that's – Fine. Uh, eighth in the NFL, actually. So actually pretty good. Um, sorry. They, they allow 11.1 yards per return. So on defense, when they're punting, they allow 11.1 yards per return, which is eighth best in the league, which is good. Um, only the Dolphins and Eagles uh, have punted less than the Bills this year. So again, those numbers are kind of you know skewed because the Bills aren't punting a lot. So it's like they're not punting as much as these other teams. So it's hard to like when you average these things out, there's less, obviously, less substance of numbers to kind of calculate here. Sam Martin, nine punts inside the 20-yard line. Um, again, and they've only punted 21 times this year. 
So nine punts inside the 20, 21 punts. I did the math. 43% of the of the Bills' punts have been downed inside the 20. So, again, that's good for field positioning. That's good to put your defense in favorable situations to get off the field, backed up. Uh, so, again, I like I like the trend I'm seeing with that, and hopefully that can continue throughout the rest of the year. And then in terms of what they're doing in the return game, 21.6 yards per kickoff return, which is middle of the pack, and then nine yards per punt return, again, which is kind of towards the middle of the pack. So, Deontay Hardy um, and what they've gotten with him and then, whoever they have in the return game, whether it was Damian Harris or Kalusha Kier or whomever they're trying to use in kickoff has been, you know, average. Um, so yeah, rounding up, I thought, I think every skill, it sucks. They're five and three. They, they, they've won games. They shouldn't have, they've they've lost games. They shouldn't have. Um, in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the numbers, you dive in, go in depth, look at, our, you know, context in terms of injuries and what they've gone through. The bills, I think still have an opportunity to do some special things this year. And through the halfway point, I have each, you know, phase of football. You know, Sean McDermott always talks about complementary football. I have them each at above average. And I think as the year goes on, maybe the defense regresses a little bit to average. Maybe they do. But I think that the the Bills offense can get to that A number or that A letter, which is elite football. And that's what I think the Bills offense can do um, moving forward. All right. I've been talking now for 56 minutes. I don't I don't usually go this long, but I figured since it was the halfway point of the year and I wanted to kind of recap some things and obviously a huge game coming up this week uh, for the Bills in terms of divisional uh, chances in, in winning the division and playoff chances as well. It's an AFC opponent, a, a team that you lost to last year, 27 to 10 in the playoffs. So I want to end with kind of just a synopsis of, of that matchup. It's not going to be too long. I'll probably get you guys out of here in about a few minutes, but I'm picking the Bengals to win. I know I said you guys are gonna you guys are gonna kill me, but you know I the last time I picked the the other team to beat the Bills was the Dolphins, and the Bills won 48 to 20. So hopefully some like reverse mojo comes again, and I, I picked the Dolphins to win. Um, and that can <laughs> I picked the Dolphins to win. I picked the Bengals to win. Maybe the Bills will actually come out on top. Uh, I picked the Bills in every other matchup this year. So I haven't really done but been that good picking the Bills this year. I'm gonna pick the Bengals. Um, you know this week, and, and there's a multitude of things. Why? Um, first off, the, the the Bengals are winners of four straight. I think they match up favorably against the uh, the Bills. Joe Mixon, I thought looked explosive last week. I watched. I went back and watched that game. I, I thought Joe Mixon's done a really good job. Um, yeah, Matt, appreciate all of you that are uh, liking and resharing on social. I really appreciate that. It only helps me get the word out about my show and kind of what I'm talking about here. But yeah, the Bengals. Um, the winners are four straight defense has done good holding the Seahawks and Niners to 30 points in the last two games. Those are, you know, pretty good offenses there. Um, and, they, and they've, they've been finding ways to win. And, and the crazy part about this is I want to bring up some numbers from the Bengals side. So they started really bad. Obviously I think Joe Burrow had the calf injury and he has been hundred percent. Now there's no questions about it. He is 100%. Now I watched the game. He was taking off um, and being very aggressive with his legs, getting out of sacks. His pocket awareness is, is insane. It's very good. He's really able to feel where the defenders are to escape or stand in the pocket and deliver an accurate football and read in read zones. But I want to get to, to the kind of the numbers for the Bengals. So their total offense coming into this game is they're the 29th best offense in football, 23rd best passing offense and 29th best rushing offense. And the 24th best scoring offense. So those are all bottom of the league. Like it's, it's bad. Like they're, they're not good this year in terms of numbers. Like it's not good. Um, they just aren't good offensively so far. Now, again, they put up, they just put 31 up on San Fran. So they're back, but in total, in, in terms of the whole season, they've not been good. Now total defense, it gets even better. Cause I thought the defense has played, you know, pretty good this year. I thought they've been really good situationally, which is something that 
the you know the Bengals are really good at. 27, uh, 27th ranked defense in the league, 20th ranked pass defense, 29th ranked rush defense, uh, and the 16th ranked scoring defense. Again, 27th ranked total defense, the 20th ranked pass defense, 29th ranked rush defense, and 16th best scoring defense. Again, like those numbers just aren't going to allow you. Like looking at numbers for this matchup, it's kind of hard because it, it, it paints a picture that the Bills should absolutely dominate this game. Um, in terms of numbers and stuff like that, that's kind of where it's at. But that's just not that's just not you know that that's just not the case for me. I think they're playing really good football. And then in DVOA, Aaron Shots DVOA is a really good metric. Um, it, it's a very good metric in terms of just ranking offense, defense, and special teams and stuff like that. It gives you a really good kind of idea of where teams are at. Uh, they're not predictive now. Like this isn't predictive. These numbers, all these things I'm saying aren't predictive. Like you can. They tell you what happened. They don't tell you what's going to happen. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, it's not like you're they're, – they're not. I'm not predicting the future here. I'm just telling you what has happened so far. That's all I got. Um, offensive DVOA 23rd, defensive DVOA 19th, and the uh, special teams DVOA 5th. So even from an advanced metric system, uh, the Aaron Schatz, again, give them a follow, Aaron Schatz NFL uh, on Twitter, does a really good job with. There's still a below-average offense and a below-average defense. So, again – I'm picking the Bengals to win this one. That's just my hunch. But again, I, you know, I really do believe in Josh Allen and these Bills. I just think from the way the Bengals have played and the way the Bills have kind of been, the Bills, again, I think they're finding the rhythm, but I don't think they're 100% there. Maybe they do find it against the Bengals, but I think Lou, the Bengals defensive coordinator, does a really good job. He should be a head coach somewhere. He just does a great, great job. Logan Wilson's playing phenomenal football. Dax Hill, uh, Trey Hendrickson, uh, they, they have a lot of talent on that defense. And again, it's going to be up to Josh Allen, and it's going to be up to this defensive line because Joe Burrow can re- pick apart zones like it's his job. Um, again, he's able to escape pressure. Even if he's not the quickest, he's very, again, po- his pocket awareness is great. He can dissect what the defense is trying to do, and you're going to have to get pressure on uh, you know, Joe Burrow to make him uncomfortable. You're going to have to because if you don't, it's going to be a long day for this Bills defense, who, who again, are without Milano and Daquan Jones, and it's – concerning that, that Joe Burrow now is hitting his stride with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Uh, they just have so much talent there. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the Bills, again, offensively, Josh needs to play great football. Not not turnover Josh. He needs to play MVP like I just said he was through eight games. He needs to play at that level um, for the Bills to have a chance. The Bills are going to need to put up at least 24, 27 points in this game to win. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. If they do, they get the job done. They moved to six and three. And if the Bengal and the Chiefs beat the Dolphins in Germany, the Bills are again the leaders in the AFC East. And this whole conversation about are the Bills, you know, again, are the Bills kind of going down a bad path? Are they kind of getting worse? Is their window closing? Are they are they kind of hitting their have they did they hit their peak in 2021 and it's kind of over? If they can again, you're on the national stage. I put out a tweet. You're on a national stage. You have an opportunity to show the world and yourselves who you are against a team that's won four straight, started the year 0-3. They had your number last year. It's a perfect revenge game. It's going to be emotional because, you know, obviously what happened last year there with Demar Hamlin, it's going to be a very emotional game for the Bills. You know, Sean McDermott said they talked about it already. So, again, there's a lot of storylines in this game. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Sunday night. Um, it, it's a huge test for this team and this, you know, this, this everything they've done up to this point again, can be rewarded with a huge win on the road in Cincy. So, again, it's been over an hour. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. 
again, just to recap what we kind of went through, kind of talked about the Leonard Fournette trade deadline to start, um, did a little bit of midseason grades and awards uh, following that, and then finished off with some Bills Bengals talk and just gave some numbers out, threw some numbers out there to kind of tell you my thoughts. I do have the Bengals winning this one, and I hope I'm wrong. I will see you guys next week. Again, this may be a huge – this is either going to be a really good conversation next week and a lot of very happy, positive people or a very negative and reactive uh, bunch of people, depending on how the game goes. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I will see you guys next week. Thank you for all the views, all the comments. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, until next week, it's AJ Stabalski with AJ's Analysis, and I'll see you next time.